Did you see that I, press conference? I heard the interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's continue to talk hoops. Let's bring in our good friend Bill Ingram. Uh, he's down in Texas. Bill, how are you tonight? Doing well. Can't wait for the uh, the action to finally get started. Yeah, the real season starts this Saturday. It's very exciting. But real quick, did you happen to see uh, Spolstra's press conference from last night? I didn't. I read about it, but uh, you know, Spolstra's a guy that has been spoiled. Um, and the Heat played well in stretches this season and looked good in stretches. And you can see that they're, uh, you know, maybe one or two pieces away, maybe one piece away from being a playoff team. But, uh, you know, you got to realize in the aftermath of the exit of Dwayne Wade and LeBron and, and Chris Bosch's unfortunate injury situation, uh, you know, for them to be as good as they were, I thought was impressive. Yeah, no, they were very, very good. But, you know, looking around um, the NBA playoff picture, obviously no, – Cleveland doesn't need to be the top seed to make it to the finals. Let's just let's just put that out no, there. No, and they weren't concerned. Let's just be honest. Yeah, they, they were, were not playing to win the last ten games. Right. Well, if what <laughs> this for the Boston game, they did want to win the Boston game. Yeah, because yeah, they wanted yeah. they wanted to show to Boston it's like you can be. It doesn't matter if you're the number one seed. We're still going to go into Boston and beat you. Cause That's we exactly what they wanted to prove. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. what it was. Um, but this was something familiar that I remember when I was with the Nets. I I was an intern with the New Jersey Nets during their second run to the final when they played San Antonio. And I joined in the second half of the season. And the team struggled, but no one could figure out why. And then when the playoffs came around, they were in, like, you know, game time mode. So that I saw a little bit of a f- similarity as far as that feeling was concerned with Cleveland. Um, I'm looking at the playoff matches. They, they're, they're matching up against Indiana, a, a team that has really disappointed everybody this season with the amount of talent they have. The, can you see Indiana getting more than one to two games? You know, it's funny. I thought the Pacers had a great offseason last summer, and when I was talking to David Morway, who built that team originally around Paul George when they got when they were super, super good, um, and he said, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They got Al Jefferson. They got this. He's like, nah, well, maybe you're right, but I don't think it's going to work. And look, there they were in the seventh seed. The man knows what he's talking about. Um, I, I like the matchup, obviously, of Paul George versus LeBron. Paul George has owned LeBron in the past, but when it comes down to it, the referees love LeBron. And so, you know, if if a situation gets tight, Paul George is going to get some fouls that are going to be ghost fouls, and LeBron's going to have his way. So uh, I think, you know, if the if the Pacers get one game, I'll be surprised. You know, it's funny, you just mentioned the officiating. Is it really like that, where if the referees sort of like a player, they're going to give you a little bit more favorable instead of it just being, well, no, that was an obviously a foul. You know, it doesn't matter who it's on, just call it. You know, is it that much of a difference? Completely. One of my favorite stories, when the Spurs advanced to the finals and the Pacers and the Heat, with LeBron on the Heat, were playing in the Eastern Conference finals, my sister, who lives in San Antonio, was very excited. She's like, it's going to be Indiana and San Antonio. That's a very rare matchup. I said, no, it's not, because the NBA is a business. She said, what are you talking about? I said, here's what's going to happen in the next game. Paul George is going to get called for two quick fouls. He's going to sit first quarter. Then the second quarter is going to start. He's going to get called for another quick foul. He's going to sit. And by the time it's halftime, LeBron's going to have gone off on the Pacers, and the game will be over. She called me at halftime. That was exactly what had happened. <laughs> she called me and was like, how, how the bloop did you know that, that the NBA is a business? LeBron James is the cash cow of the NBA, and they prop him up every chance they get. And it's unfortunate because he's a very talented player. He's not 
in my opinion, the greatest player. You know, he gets comparisons to Jordan, for God's sake. Oh, my Lord, please, enough. Because he is nothing like... He is nothing Michael like Jordan Michael Jordan. Was an assassin. <laughs> you know, like, Michael Jordan, if you stood between him and a title, he destroyed you. And LeBron is happy to take a title if you give it to him, but he'd really just as soon pass to Kyrie and let Kyrie win it like they did last year. So, yes. That's the long answer to the question, but with an illustration that, yes, the NBA, the refs have favorites. The NBA knows who their marketing cash cows are, and if they can help it, and most of the time, not always, but most of the time, they can help it, and they do. Yeah, I guess it, it, it benefits the league to have their star players in the playoffs, uh, in the games, right? Because you have more people watching. I mean, I love Paul George. I love him personally. He's a great person, and he's a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. But the national audience is more in love with LeBron for some reason. I, I don't know why that is. Uh, when, when you think about the person that you want your kid looking up to, that you want to buy the jersey, and you're going to spend that 100 bucks to uh, let your kid have this little hero worship, I'll take Paul George over LeBron James every day. But part of that is because I've... I know I, I have interviewed them personally. I know Paul George quite well. I avoided LeBron because he's such a, uh, an a-hole. Uh, and everything LeBron James is motivated by money. Paul George is much more motivated by winning and the things that I care about, you know, building a team and, and being in the right situations. And he's very aware of being a role model and what that means. Um, and so, you know, I take the genuine guy over the false guy. So you wouldn't uh, say... For whatever reason, the, the national audience loves LeBron. So you wouldn't say LeBron James went to Miami to win championships? It was more for the money? He went to... Well, but let's be clear. LeBron figured out that he couldn't win a championship as the star player. Mm-hmm. LeBron figured out that if he was going to win a title, he needed someone to be the go-to guy. Okay. And with Dwayne Wade in particular, but also Bosch, he had two guys mm-hmm. in that situation. Now, Dwayne Wade broke down, and LeBron saw that, so what did he do? Well, back in Cleveland, you've got Kyrie Irving, who is an assassin, who makes the big play. And he recognized, hey, I can go back to Cleveland, it'll be a good PR move, but I'm going to have Kyrie Irving. Anytime I, it's a clutch situation, I can dish to him, and he'll make the right shot, make the right play. And, I mean, credit to him, he realized that. LeBron is not... Batman. He's Robin. He's a very, very good Robin. Nothing wrong with Robin, but he's not Batman. Because I grew up watching Batman. You know, Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Carl Malone, John Stockton. These guys wanted the ball. Kobe, Tim Duncan. Game's on the line. You give them the ball, they're going to make the shot. But LeBron, game's on the line. He's looking for somebody to pass to. In Miami, he had Dwayne Wade and Bosch to a lesser extent. And in Cleveland, he has Kyrie, so he's in a great situation. Yeah, but some also might say when he draws a double team that it's better to dish the, the ball to the player who's open. Well, that's the right basketball player. Yeah, it's right? the right basketball yeah. player, exactly. I, I mean, for me personally, I think he's a great player. I think he makes a smart basketball move. And, and yeah, you're right. He's not um, a Kobe or a Jordan as far as like the, the killer to go out and he scored that last basket to win the championship. I think he's looking to involve all the players and use all utilize all the uh, – the uh, the assets that he has on his team, I completely agree. And my I, only yeah. point is, when you're comparing him and you're mm-hmm. putting him in the same breath as Michael and Akeem yeah. and Magic, when you talk about the great players of all time, Akeem, yes, Akeem would make the pass, but when the game was on the line, he did a green shake and blew by <laughs> whoever was trying to defend him, and they were all in the dust while he scored. 
and Jordan the same way. Now Jordan would pass. John Paxson did a huge three for them, you know, and won, and they won mm-hmm. a championship with a pass. But most of the time, when you give it to Jordan, there's no defense that can stop him. KD's that way. Steph Curry's that way. You know, so it's just it when the tendency becomes to compare him in that light, I think it doesn't reflect a true understanding of how great the all-time greats were. Um, when he looks to pass first. Out of the the two players that are in the uh, are mentioned in the MVP race this year, in James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who who out of those two do you think has that? Yeah, and there's no question; those are the two. Uh, and, yeah. And you, you so you, what you have to do, you could say it's James Harden, and there's, it's hard to argue that the Rockets had an amazing season. They finally got a coach that understood his talent. Uh, and but I got to tell you, when you're looking for a hair to pick, just a hair to give a, a nod to one or the other. Russell Westbrook breaking that Oscar Robertson record? Mm-hmm. I mean, good Lord. I never thought anyone would average a triple-double for I thought that, of all the records, so much has to happen for that record to be broken. You can't juice the ball like the home run record. You can't, I mean, you have to actually go out and make that number of assists and get that many rebounds. And yes, the Thunder were boxing out for him, but he still had to go get them. Yeah. <laughs> he still had to get the rebounds, and he still had to get the assists. And they made the playoffs, and they were very, very competitive uh, without Kevin Durant. And they were left for dead when he left. Like, oh, my God, what are the Thunder going to do? Yeah. They made the playoffs with the sixth seed. So uh, when you look at that, couple that with the fact that James Harden doesn't understand that there's a defensive end of the floor, and he's the poster child for how not to play defense, I think those two things give Russell Westbrook a clear edge. And I think what's great is it's going to be OKC in, in Houston in round one. I think that's going to be the the playoff series to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, for the fun Rockets anyway, are vastly better. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the Rockets are going to cremate them. The series I'm really interested in in the West uh, is, and it's supposed to be this way, really, the fourth and fifth. It's Clippers Jazz, and it's for two reasons. Number one, the Clippers you've had this core together, and they've always fallen flat in the playoffs. Is Chris Paul ever going to advance deep into the playoffs? Is he ever going to be in a, in a contending situation? And on the other hand, you have the Utah Jazz, who are very, very good defensively. They have the right mix of veterans. They play well on both ends of the floor. They're going to defend extremely well. And I don't know if the Clippers can score enough points to take the Jazz out in a series, unless uh, you would say the experience factor perhaps on the Clippers' side, except that you've got these this spur infusion with George Hill and Boris Diaw, and Joe Johnson has playoff experience. You have some guys who have been there and done that. And then you have young players who are entering into their primes, like Gordon Hayward, and you just think, hmm, the Jazz might actually might actually come out of that series. And it's funny, too, with Utah, they're one of the few teams that think that they can give the Warriors a little bit of a push in the second round. And certainly, I, I think they have a much better shot of doing that than the Clippers. I think the Clippers are dead on arrival. The Jazz, while I don't think any, I don't think anybody can beat Golden State, but the Jazz might get a couple of games. They'd certainly make it interesting with their defensive capability. What have you heard around the league about the Carmelo Anthony situation? He's certainly not in the playoffs, but uh, right now there is talk that this is going to be uh, this marriage is officially over between him and the Knicks. 
and he does have a short list of teams that he would waive his no-trade clause for. What have you heard? Is there any team that will want to take on Carmelo? It's a tough, a tough choice, right? Because you're going to get a lot of offense. But, much like James Harden, Carmelo doesn't understand that there's another end of the floor, and Carmelo doesn't understand um, that if you're double or triple team, you, you could there's other guys on your team that you could possibly look to and pass. And in the right situation, could that change? Maybe. But Carmel, Carmelo's not a young player anymore. George Carl couldn't get through to him. And George Carl is one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the history of the league that has never been recognized as a great coach because his teams always fell a little bit short. But I've learned, I learned so much from him when he was in Denver, and I used to see them all the time. Um, and I would go out of my way to go to a game where the Nuggets were somewhere close. Just because George was such an is such an intelligent basketball mind, um, and yet he he said that the Nuggets were better. Just just take Carmelo away, and we'll be better no matter who comes back. And then he was right, and he proved it. So, can Carmelo be a part of a winning program? I mean, he's going to score a lot of points. I, I, but guess, I guess it depends on the right program, right? on the program and I mean if you could you could you put him in San Antonio maybe that's I mean it's almost like if you're going to teach him something it's got to be a Greg Popovich it's got to mm-hmm. be somebody that he's going to respect enough when they sit him down I mean I credit um you know LeBron when they lost to Dallas he went to Houston to train with Akeem and he said to Akeem I, I I'm the best player in the league and I can't win and Akeem it was tough love, man. You don't respect the game, is what Akeem told him. And LeBron took that personally and changed. And now he's got championships. Can Carmelo do that at this stage of his career? I don't know. And that's a huge – you're going to have to give up so much to get Carmelo. Um, that I – if I'm an NBA GM, I don't care if he waves the trade, whatever. I, I'm not interested in Carmelo. I'm just not if – if I want to win games, I'm not interested in Carmelo. Where, where does he fit, though? Uh, where, I mean, where, what system would he fit into next year moving forward? I don't think, I mean, Houston. Yeah. Because that's what Houston does. But does Houston need him? I mean, they've got, you know, unless you've got always the injury factor with Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. And, you know, if, if Houston could get him, he'd be great uh, because all they're going to do is run, 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 score, score, score. Yeah. And, and Harden will pass him the ball. I mean, you know. Harden has demonstrated that he doesn't have to take every shot. He will pass. Yeah, he can. He can He's assist. a willing passer. But are they a title team with Carmelo, or are they are they about as good as they are now? I'd say they're about as good as they are now, and they're not as deep because you're committing so many of your resources to having Carmelo. And can he play with? And can he play with D'Antoni again? Well, and that's the thing, you know. So you've got. I mean, but I think he fits D'Antoni so well. I don't, I don't think that would be much of an issue. I think the pressure in New York causes rifts where there wouldn't be rifts otherwise. But I don't. There's not another situation around the league where I look and go, "They're Carmelo away," or where Carmelo could be really, really successful. Because there aren't too many in the, too many teams in the league that can just go out and, run and not play any defense and be a playoff team. I guess I guess the, the the next the next real question I have for you too is um, is there any particular playoff series that you're looking at to sort of steal the show besides Clippers Jazz? I know you were, you mentioned that one in the West. What about one in the East to be entertaining? 
in the East, I think the the only one that's going to even be contested, and I'm very, very, very interested in it, is the Toronto Raptors uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks because the Bucks very well. They added one thing they were really missing last year when they disappointed was veteran presence, veteran leadership, and Jay Kidd went out and got his buddy Jason Terry. And Jason Terry may not fill up the stat sheet anymore, but that young that man is about as tough as anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you he was a huge part of why the Bucks made the playoffs because Jason Terry is the intangibles around Jason Terry. I saw them firsthand here in Dallas. He's the reason they won the championship. Yes, Dirk was amazing, but Jason Terry is the reason. He was the edge in the locker room on the court, and he gave Milwaukee something that they were lacking, and that's why they're in the playoffs. But... Uh, and, and the Greek freak, you know, had a great year, and he's maybe most improved. He's one of the top candidates. But the Toronto Raptors, I was talking to Kyle Lowry the other day when he came back uh, from the injury. With the addition of Serge Ibaka, the Raptors, to me, are the only team in the East that has any shot of beating Cleveland. Because they have, at the key positions, they have very, a very big front. They can go big in the front court. They have Kyle, who I will take. I mean, that Kyle is as tough defensively. He'll make big shots. He's an incredible X factor for a team. And then Demar Derozan has coming into his has come into his own as a star in his own right. If there's a team in the East that can beat Toronto, that can beat uh, Cleveland, I think it's Toronto. But watch it. So watching them play Milwaukee, I don't think Milwaukee has a prayer. Uh, but then to see Toronto. Uh, in a matchup with Cleveland, I w- I would really love to see that. I think it'd be very entertaining. All right, but we are against the clock. Where can people uh, find your opinions during the playoffs? I know that you're uh, you're, you're vocal on Twitter at times. <laughs> yeah, when there's something to say, I say it. I don't talk when there's nothing to say. But you can find me at the Rocket Guy on Twitter, and cite uh, different places and do different things. I always tweet out links and uh, let you know where you can hear me and see me and read me and find me. Bill, always, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We always appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'll be, we'll be in contact on Saturday and Sunday. I'm sure I'll be texting you and, and yeah. tweeting you <laughs> like like we normally do. But this not, this year, there's no Charlotte, so it makes it difficult. Difficult, right? You know? I know exactly. But yeah, there, there's still plenty of drama. I'm I'm really interested. So yes, we'll be chatting for sure. Definitely, Bill. Thanks for the time tonight. I appreciate it. You bet. Always a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, man.